0: Let's go over there, shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, spot them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth.
1: Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby.
2: You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. You know what that means? Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of
1: the dark side...
3: Go! Power
2: Welcome into to Hour 3, the Power Hour, on Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990.
0: Here on this Wednesday. Hope you're well, wherever you might be. David Till, the Hall of Famer, coming up in about half an hour, joining us now. Hall of Famer himself. The voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth. It's the Roth Report here on BDST.
2: From the talk of the New River Valley WRAD, it's time for the Roth Report. Now, along with Virginia Sports Hall of Famer, current ESPN broadcaster, and voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth, here's Rick Watson.
1: And good morning, William. How are you, my friend? Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing good, good man. Good to be with
0: doing you. Good to be with you, as always. A lot going on with this uh, Virginia Tech football team. Your observations, I always uh, learn so much talking to you after you've had a chance to call the game and
1: then kind of assess what you saw on Saturday. Well, it's kind of a similar story. It's like, I think hockey fans are kind of uh, used to hearing this. Maybe they're tired of hearing it. I think that they ran the ball better at Marshall, particularly in the first half. They had the three longest runs of the season. They actually had a season high in rushing at halftime, so that was really positive. And then I think on defense, Rick, if you take out the two long Marshall runs, their stats are okay. They averaged about three yards a run Marshall did for the game other than a 62-yard touchdown, and there was another 22-yard run. And Coach Pry addressed that after the game, and again, yesterday in his press conference, they can't give up these gashing yards defensively. Uh... I think that's probably the number one thing they need to work on defensively. But you know that was the story after the Old Dominion game too, that they gave up some big runs and that cost them the Rutgers game also. So when you, it, it's frustrating for the coaches and for the players and fans, of course, you, you you get stops on first and second down and it's third and four or third and six and then you give up a sixty-yard run mm-hmm. <laughs> and. You know, you've played a, a fit well or you've done well as a safety or a linebacker on four or five plays in a row, but the, the swing and a miss is a costly one. So it's not necessarily as bad as it looks overall for Tech family, at least from
0: your observation. You see some things, right, some promise here and there.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the one thing to keep in mind is that you're, you're a team that hasn't played a conference game yet. So this Saturday night's game against Pitt, who was also one and three – uh, is a chance is a at a reset. I mean, if the Hokies win Saturday night, they're one and zero in the mm-hmm. ACC, right? And then they're going to Florida State, in essence, for a battle for first place in the ACC in the first weekend in October on national television. I mean, there there there's there's ways to get your team turned around. If you if you have a good October, the uh, disappointing September kind of fades as a distant memory but you have to learn from it i do think this you know you take you take your starting quarterback your top two receivers and your team captain tight end who had over 40 catches last year off the offense mm-hmm. and, and and try to go on the road and play against rutgers and marshall are pretty good defensive teams that's what happens right i mean they're, they're missing their key weapons
0: you had two great stats, though, that uh, are concerning, and it goes along with what you just talked about, right? No weapons uh, necessarily, but last in the ACC in third downs, last in red zone defense and offense.
1: Well, you know, they were 2-for-13 on third downs up at Marshall, Ooh. and and they struggled on fourth down, too, and they had this lull. They they, they played really well in the first quarter, and then they went a, a sequence where they had six punts and a turnover in the next seven possessions and if you're not getting a first down and you're not converting on third and one or third and less than one that's a that's a problem uh again this week they they drive down they have first and goal on the one and and can't bang it in and so that's what they've been working on some short yardage things red zone they're, they're they are last in red zone offense and defense in the conference and and that's a concern but again Pittsburgh's one and three. Mm-hmm. Pitt has only won three times ever at Lane Stadiums. So Hokies usually win the game. It's at night. It's at prime time under the lights. It's sold out. So I, I think a win over Pitt changes the mood here quickly. Absolutely, it does. Um, the ACC as a whole, though, now it is really flying
0: right now, right? You, got you know, what... it's
1: funny, isn't it? Because we, for like a decade, we said <laughs> the ACC needs to win some games. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. So here we are where Duke and Florida State and Louisville and Miami and North Carolina and Syracuse are all 4-0 to start the season, those six teams. That hasn't happened in a Power 5 conference since 2012,
0: right? Yeah, wow. Yeah. In fact,
1: it's only the second time yeah. in the AP poll era, going back to 1936, where six teams were 4-0 to start the season from the same league.
0: That's very impressive. And they all look legitimate to me, just, you know, watching. Even Syracuse, I, I, they struggled a little bit with Army, but they put it together. They, Schrader is just a special dude there, quarterback. So yeah, he's
1: having a great season. They're yeah. really physical up front. And, uh, you know, game day this week is at Duke. Notre Dame at Duke. <laughs> Crazy, That's isn't it? That's the primetime game. And so it goes to show you. And, the, you know, Florida State's number four. Hokies go there next week. Louisville looks great. Oh, they really do. Yeah. Jeff Brom. Woo. Yeah.
0: You talked about that. We talked about that before, right? The way their schedule lines up, Louisville could be that sneaky
1: team with, you know, the teams they avoid in the league. Yeah, we talked about you should pick them really high in the standings and that we would be talking about Louisville going into October (laughs) because they miss all the good teams. Remember that? (laughs) Yeah, and
0: here we are. And here we are.
1: (laughs) All right, before we break for the SMA update,
0: two words. Taylor Swift, your thoughts. (laughs) Is it amazing?
1: You know, it goes to show you what happens when the NFL world adds the entertainment world to it, right? So, Travis Kelsey jerseys since Sunday have had a 400% spike. Amazing. Kelsey has had, has added 383,000 Instagram followers. Okay. 24.3 million people watched that game Sunday. Correct. Because Taylor Swift was there.
0: Yeah, just because she's sitting in the booth.
1: Uh, what else is on this list here? Uh, the Chiefs sold more tickets... Sunday for next week's game than any day this season. Any day this year, calendar year.
0: Oh, for the game coming up, you mean? Yeah. This yeah. yeah.
1: So it goes to show you what happens when two passionate fan bases that might not have anything to do with each other. Fly, That's right. Right? That's right. Like, I think we all know. I mean, are you a Swifty? No, I'm not. But, but we know the numbers, right? We know they're getting $1,000 a seat for a concert, yes, and they sell out every stadium in every continent, right? Mm-hmm. So we know they're passionate. You throw them in there with NFL fans? Whoa. Yeah, that's, that's true. Getting. That's a good point. Good point. You know, so, and this kind of goes back, you know, the Big 12 commissioner was talking about it's not sports, it's entertainment, what we're doing in the Big 12. Remember last year at the yeah. Big 12 tournament, he had Fat Joe. That's a hip-hop <laughs> Icon. That's right. right. He was like in the bracket. Like you saw like the the semifinal game and then in the bracket was Fat Joe. Right there along with Kansas State mm-hmm. and West Virginia in the bracket. And then they talked about they were going to have Shaq as the DJ at the games. They didn't bring G- Shaq in to introduce him at halftime. At no, Wave. no. They stuck him up in the end zone <laughs> at the arena. <laughs> and did a set that's cuz cool. Shaq likes to be a DJ. And you know, it's really interesting when you combine sports with something else, particularly culture, whether it's hip-hop music or Taylor Swift, the 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 tickets you sell and the interest you generate. You know, and you could say the same thing's happening with tech football. I mean, this game against Pitt sold out, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. They've sold out every game this year. The team's one and three. The Wake Forest game could sell out, too. It's not just a sporting event. It's a cultural event. It's it is. a social event. Absolutely. A lot of the people coming don't care that you lost to Marshall. In fact, I don't think that any of them care. <laughs> no, no. They're going to pull for the Hokies. They want to be there. And it's the same thing with the with the Swifties. They're going to buy Chiefs tickets because Taylor's at the game. Yeah, that's right. And... and Fat Joe fans aren't really coming to watch Kansas State play West Virginia or Baylor play whomever in the, in the Big 12 tournament. They're there to see Fat Joe. And whatever it is, whether it's turkey legs or enter Sandman or being with your friends or your alum friends, tech football is this magnetic cultural event. And you just say the game's at 8 and the fans go, we'll be there. I think that's amazing. Now, yes, it's a sporting event. The Big 12 Basketball tournament's a sporting event. But when it's marketed as more than that, which Tech has done an incredible job with over the last couple of years, it doesn't matter what your record is. Tech has sold out every home game this year. And that's really remarkable. There there are more people buying tickets now than at any point in the history of Virginia Tech. Mm Mm-hmm. More than when Michael Vick played here, more than when Frank Beamer coached here. I was talking with Will Stewart. You know Will from Oh, Tech very Side much Line. so. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll. You should look look at Tech Sideline. They're doing a great job. Tech Sideline now has more subscribers than it has ever had in the history of Tech Sideline. Right. Now, why is that? Yeah. There's more Hokies than ever. Yeah. The interest has never been greater. And it's exciting to be around. We just got to get the team winning. But the interest itself has never been greater in everything we do, whether it's raising money, selling tickets, the attendance, women's basketball. We had a volleyball game here last week. It was packed. It's just really remarkable. What's what's It's cool to be part of it.
0: He is Bill Roth, the voice of Virginia Tech football. The Roth Report here on BDST. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll catch up with what's going on with the SMA update. We've got some very impressive numbers. Bill's going to pass along the Baker team game of the week. And then his NRV heart clinic, top three. All that's coming up with Bill. The Roth Report, the BDST here on a Wednesday. Come on back with us.
1: First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg and has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRB even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Avelino's and Bull and & Bones. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out b theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. And True Value Hardware for your home improvement projects. Visit First in Maine to the official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics.
3: The Louise Baker team with Long and Foster Realtors will assist you to get your property ready to sell. This is Louise Baker, the Louise Baker team with Long and Foster Realtors. With the lowest inventory of homes for sale in the past five years, sellers can still make mistakes when marketing their real estate. Always listen to your agent about a marketing price. Overpricing your property can lead to longer days on the market, lower offers, and getting less money for your bottom line. Decluttering your personal items can also be stressful. Less is better when you are staging homes for photos. Remove all items on the refrigerator, the kitchen counters, and always organize your closets. Just a few tips to get you more money when you sell. Louise, Marshall, and Rhonda, the Louise Baker team with Long & Foster Realtors will assist you to get your property ready to sell
2: from the classroom to the studio to the stadium it's time to catch up on the latest from virginia Tech's sports media and analytics program today's sma update is brought to you by first in maine blacksburg's premier destination to eat drink shop and play
0: and we welcome you back Raw report here on BDST and the SME update, man. You've got some impressive figures. to uh, We're up to three
1: hundred and thirty-one students in our program as of last Friday's faculty meeting. By the way, if you'd ever like to attend a faculty meeting, Rick, if you'd like to tag along, you're welcome. Yeah, I might Next do somebody. that actually. Yeah, yeah, I would like to do that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Come out there and hang out with you guys. It'll be fun. An event in any event, three hundred and thirty-one. <laughs> so we started the semester at two eighty. And kids transferred in, so really excited. We're hiring more faculty, by the way, so be on the lookout for that. We're going to expand again. Anthony Amy has done such an amazing job in our program. Anthony worked at ESPN, WSB in Atlanta, television stations uh, on both coasts, and he's done a great job since he came last year, and we're hiring more. So be on the lookout for that. But you know what we're talking about this week? Um The analytics aspect of it. More people watched college football last weekend, Rick, than any other weekend in the history of the sport. Yeah, I
0: saw that. I saw
1: that. So, if more people are watching college football than ever, which is true, the leagues are making more money than ever. Um, Teams like Fresno State are ranked. Duke is ranked. TCU played for a national championship, right, last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Where has the transfer portal and NIL hurt?
0: Yeah. It has not in any way, shape, or form despite the price.
1: Yeah, it has. It has. Yeah, It's helped make TCU and Colorado good. Duke is ranked because of the transfer portal. It's allowing teams to be good, really good, right? It has not ruined the sport. And that is why I think when the commissioner's – went to congress and said this is we need rules. This, uh, college football is being ruined. They look at that and they go what are you talking about? The opposite is happening. You guys fix it. You're high-paid commissioners there you go. There seven, you $8 go. Million dollars a <laughs> That's year. That's right. right. That's right. If you don't you're the association but to claim that the sport is being ruined because kids can go whenever they want, no, it's it it means that more teams have a chance that didn't before. And that's good for the sport. And that's why I think people at SMU are really excited, right? Because they can play in that arena. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And uh, it's changed. and I I think it, you know, they want Georgia and Alabama to be good forever. Well, now all of a sudden there's other people that have just as much money. And if you change the rules, it hurts them. But to claim that college football is going to be ruined because of NIL, what's, what's being ruined is the status quo. And so if 13 million people watch the Oregon-Colorado game, which they did, that's good for college football. That's what we're talking about in class. We'll look at that. No, I like it, yeah. It's different, right? Because it just tastes different to traditionalists. And I'm one of them. I'm a traditionalist. I, I don't think kids should just go around and go for the biggest paycheck right but to claim it's hurting the growth of the sport is the wrong argument and we've
0: seen it in college basketball as well teams are getting much more competitive at the lower levels if you will because of that so I, I agree with you and, they, and the ones that are raising the most ruckus like you said the ones the establishment that it's affecting because they don't like it they don't like it all right you may have already hinted, but your Baker team game of the week makes a lot of sense. Notre week. Dame at Duke. Yeah, it
1: has to be, right? Biggest football game in Duke football history. I think so. Game day's there. Game day's been there often for hoops, but not for football. So excited for, for them. Coach Elko coached at Notre Dame as an assistant at one point. Notre Dame's coming off a really tough loss. The Ohio State game last week. Mm. Uh Ten men. It's going to be a small stadium, Notre Dame road game, ranked team. That's that's going to be one pricey ticket.
0: Oh, yes, it is. My goodness gracious. Premium values. That's going to be like a Taylor Swift ticket (laughs) at a Chiefs game.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so that's our Baker team game of the week.
0: This Duke thing. You know one thing, Bill, before we get into the NRV Heart Clinic Top 3, Tech fan inevitably – will always, at least when they contact me on the show, they're comparing Tech's trajectory to Duke's. And I think that that's something that's going to be attached, even though it's not necessarily the same thing. I, I get what they're doing there, right, with what Duke's done and, and Tech continues to try to build back toward it.
1: They did a really good job on the transfer portal, and they got a really elite quarterback. And Coach Elko did well. I mean, his background not dissimilar than Coach Prize. They've done a really nice job, but they've got good players. They've got a lot of really good players. Yeah, Riley they, Leonard, for the most part, yeah. have avoided the injury bug. And uh, we played them down there last year. They're they're legit. They're, they're a good, well-coached physical football team with a really, really good quarterback. And, of course,
0: my final segment of the Roth Report that is my favorite, as a matter of fact, is the NRV Heart Clinic Top 3.
2: Are you ready for today's countdown? It's time for Bill's Top 3. Now back to Rick Watson.
0: All right, I love it. And boy, this one's fitting as well with uh, the bad news we got yesterday.
1: This is my Top 3. So, like, my dad's would have been different. He would have had Eddie Matthews at third base or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, top third baseman ever, number three, Mike Schmidt. Number two, George Brett. And number one, Brooks Robinson. I heard you talking about Brooks in your story. Yeah. Stories before... You know, uh, he was such a classy guy. He was the epitome of Mr. Oriole, if there ever was yes, one. Yes, yes. Uh, now I just hope the Orioles finish and win this thing this year, or at least win, at least get to the World Series. It'd be nice to see Baltimore Orioles be relevant again. And what a lineage
0: of third sackers, right? Going, just looking at your list, you go from Brooks right into Schmidt before George a little bit, a couple years, and then Wow, what they brought to the table and set the standard—that whole what fifteen-year, twenty-year span—greatest third baseman ever. Together. Yeah, they,
1: in, in my book, I mean, others might, you know, contend. a Player from the '40s or '50s might be above the modern era guys. Mike Schmidt was such a tremendous <laughs> slugger. Yeah, um, obviously, Brett was an elite Hall of Fame hitter, right? Uh, but but they they all won games, and then. Offensively, Robinson gets the nod there, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Has to, has to. You know, rangy. He could, he could backhand the ball down the line, go way behind the bag and throw people out. Um, how amazing between Ripken and Brooks Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> How blessed are Oriole fans to be to have guys on the left side of the yes, infield? That's
0: exactly right. <laughs> you know, uh, who has a better run than that, right? Yeah,
1: that's true. That's true. <laughs> I think I could fill up that lineup, lineup
0: card, right? Uh, uh, good list, man. Good list. And uh, well, we look forward to listening to you. And I always do that. When I'm watching. If I'm not at the game, I'm turning down the TV guys and listening to you. And appreciate Mike. that. So yeah, yeah
1: Saturday's game with Pitt is. Uh, 8 o'clock. We're on the air at 6, six over o'clock. on the Bear. Yeah. And then the Florida State guy, uh, time has been set for 3.30 next week. So that will be down, down in Tallahassee. But I'm telling you, the the mood, the vibe, everything changes with Tech Beats Pitt. It does. Rick, everything changes. It does. Now you're 1-0 in the league. Okay. Basically, you're in first place, right? I know that's with an asterisk. Sure. But you're 1-0 in the league. And Florida State's open this week. So now you're playing Florida State on the road on national television. It's gonna, It would be an ABC game at 3.30, and, you know, it's first place on the line in the league. Now, I know I'm stretching there. People are rolling their eyes because the Hokies are 1-3 and, and struggling. But I'm just saying, is, as a coach, when you're trying to get your team amped and you're trying to get their focus after a disappointing month, This is a big reset week, right? You know when your computer's not working right?
2: Yeah. And it's just, you
1: know, (laughs) funky and bogged down. What do you do? Reboot. Exactly. And I think that Saturday night game at Pitt, at home, under the lights, the weather's going to be good. It's a whiteout. It's military appreciation night. You win this thing, everyone's going to wake up Sunday morning ready to, like, road trip to Florida to see the Hokies and the Knolls. I just think that's... We just need a little boost. Tech hasn't beaten a power five teams in, in, in a year, right? Boston College yeah, last year. That's right. That's right. And you know who the BC quarterback was? That's Phil he right. He's that's not right. transferred to Pitt. <laughs> we don't know if he's gonna play Saturday. I know it doesn't look like it, yeah. He's out, he was knocked out uh, against Carolina last week. And and so Pitt can't run the ball this year statistically. A Kanda has gone to the Jets. Uh Mike Burnup and I take a deep dive into this game, by the way, on our Level 7 podcast. So if you want to listen to that, I think we spent about a half hour just on all of this stuff this week. So all right, good So wherever you get your podcast, you can get it on Hokie Sports, you can get it on our app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Uh, Level 7, Burnup and me uh, really go into this. But we talk about the fact that Pitt is really struggling offensively. They may be the exact tonic that the Hokie Nation needs here Saturday night. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: All right, my friend. Well, listen, great stuff as always. Have a great call on Saturday. Always good to be with you, pal. Thanks. You two men. There you go. That's the voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth, in the Roth Report here on BDST. We're going to step out, take a break, come back. David Teal awaits. A lot to talk about with Mr. Teal. Final segment on a Wednesday. We'll be back.
3: the Louise Baker team with Long and Foster Realtors will assist you to get your property ready to sell. This is Louise Baker, the Louise Baker team with Long and Foster Realtors. With the lowest inventory of homes for sale in the past five years, sellers can still make mistakes when marketing their real estate. While you love your pets, many buyers do not. Always remove the pets, clean up after them, especially in your yard, before showing a prospective buyer. Check all light fixtures inside and out and replace missing or non-working bulbs with LED bulbs for better lighting. A deep clean before putting up your yard sign will make the best first impression. More tips to get you a larger bottom line when you sell. Louise Marshall and Rhonda, the Louise Baker team with Long and Foster Realtors will assist you to get your property ready to sell.